Welcome back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Hey, Matt, we go the wait. It sits on down, and I don't know. I will shout until they know what I mean. Ryan, semen stains the mountaintops. It does. Truly, it does. <laughs> semen stains the mountaintops. No, Jesus Christ, I love you, because that was the other, that one uh, jumped out at me, because um, it is it is from no, the mountaintops well, to a, the wall. Would you from say, the mountaintops uh, to the wall, all skeet, 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 motherfucker, we're discussing Neutral Milk Hotel. <laughs> uh, is, it, is it a neutral milk hotel? Uh, like, not a partisan milk hotel? Or is it a... I thought it was like a beige. It's a beige milk hotel, right? Or is like, it a... As yeah. As no, a lime green milk hotel. Is it a uh, neutral neutral milk hotel? <laughs> is it a... So like uh, a, a hotel, like a, play, a domicile for your neutral milk. Right, yeah. Is it a neutral milk hotel as opposed to a neutral milk automobile or a neutral, neutral milk, uh, you know, I don't know, <laughs> butterfly, right? Or is it a, a neutral, neutral, a neutral milk aeroplane? Yeah, exactly. Or is it a, or is it a neutral milk hotel as opposed to a uh, interested milk hotel or a, a pre-committed milk hotel? Right, right, right. Exactly. It's. I mean, right, I've always just assumed that the Milk Hotel is in Switzerland um, because it is both neutral and is known for its milk products, such as its cheeses um, and and uh, hot chocolates. Uh, and so I've always assumed that it is a sort of a chalet um, of a indie rock chalet. I mean, this. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, and so we are discussing um, neutral milk hotel. You know, a condom. Second- a condom is a neutral milk hotel. Because it uh, <laughs> go on <laughs> because it holds the milk neutrally and doesn't doesn't let it uh, go into either I part. It holds it holds the milk with extreme prejudice, right? Like because <laughs> like if it was neutral, if it were neutral, it would be like a fifty fifty. Like it would be a Russian roulette condom, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be really that would be really funny. But you'd yeah. have to you'd have to lay and learn you'd have to lay and learn what your body was for. Anyway, I'll stop interrupting you. you no, can no, do the no. Episode. I was just going to say we are possibly um, <laughs> discussing Neutral Mercostel's second and final album in the Aeroplane Over the Sea, or maybe we aren't. Um, you know, it is a album that is a it is well as Matt already said a seminal album uh, from the from 1998. We are back. Back in 1998, after a brief brief journey forward in time to 2002, um, we may stay in 1998 for just a little while longer, um, because uh, at this period and in this kind of pre-Y2K era, there is a a stew of indie pop um, and uh, indie indie and pop and and especially kind of folk albums. Right, we are in a heavy acoustic guitar block. <laughs> Uh, that is stretching back uh, over the last month or so. Um, I think all the way back to uh, Ani's um, Little Plastic Castles. Um, and and I mean, we'll discuss this more. But I mean, Matt, is this album like or unlike the albums that we've been <laughs> discussing for the last month? I mean, it's actually it's not the the with Little Plastic Castle and some of the. Um, uh, uh, you know some of the kind of the like the more electronic or the more kind of highly produced elements of that this is definitely an album that was kind of put together in the studio right like it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting combination like it it actually it might be momentarily useful to return to the art music versus folk music dichotomy mm-hmm. which i sometimes use because this is both this definitely has uh uh kind of legs in both camps it has like definite folk roots in terms of the song structures, the, you know, the writing, how it, how it all, uh, yeah, how it all lays, lays together with the refrains and with the, you know, uh, some of the instrumentation, the kind of the heavy reliance on acoustic guitar and stuff like that. And then it also like in, in reading some background material, you know, diving, diving really deep into the secondary literature, literature by which I mean, Wikipedia, uh, the, there's also like this legacy to to this group or to the kind of core of people associated with Neutral Milk Hotel because Neutral Milk Hotel was what sort of like Jeff Mangum, not Magnum, not like a jumbo condom or a jumbo Neutral Milk <laughs> Hotel. 
man, man, man gum, as opposed to woman gum, uh, which I guess are like Doritos. That's for right. Her. This 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 shall be an episode of binary oppositions. <laughs> right. Um, the Ani DeFranco's last record called Binary, actually. Um, yeah. But the uh, you know, so it all it all comes it all comes full circle, like the circle of the uh, the the prophylactic neutral milk hotel. I'm. Uh, Sorry, I, I actually have something to say about this. They they seem to have done some like tape music experiments that are that are really like place them in an art music tradition. Um, it may have been this record, or it may have been the uh, uh, it may have been on Avery Island, which was recorded on a on a like a four track. Um, reel-to-reel tape recorder like uh probably like a um quarter inch uh magnetic tape i have i had one of those in a studio that i i worked in when i was a teenager it was uh it was pretty rad and god i didn't make anything like neutral milk hotels uh on on avery island so you know i i guess that that man gum uh you know he's he's not boy gum he's man gum um, yeah, the, so, but so that like, it sort of, it, it, it straddles that. And I think, I think Ani is sort of folkier on, on balance, but there is sort of a, uh, there is a relationship to that and did it with Elliot Smith because it's sort of the, uh, you know, it's sort of the same thing where a kind of like acoustic, almost coffee house act, uh, you know, got sort of produced into this, this, uh, pet soundsy, yep. um, kind of sound. And this isn't, this is more like a, um, like a lo-fi noise folk with maybe the, maybe the punk dial turned up to one and a half or two, but, um, you know, uh, so it's not it kind of comes at it it kind of comes at it from a different different direction but it it definitely i mean it's not unrelated for sure yeah i think that's that's right and i think definitely the connection to um the the beach boys and and also to the beatles especially i mean to the kind of psychedelic eras of both of those bands and i i think especially kind of sergeant peppersy era um beatles and even and i, I in some of the reading um it, it was it's been written that um uh mangum and his uh and his compatriots uh in in the band and in kind of the broader elephant six um collective of which he was a part um also really liked the at that time kind of lost recordings of smile Right of the Beach Boys smile, the kind of um, Pet Sounds follow up that had had achieved this mythical status, and I, I think the other element right of of this kind of art music that you hear is the way in which these tracks blur into one of one another, right? And that you have sort of song suites, and you have these, um, you know, you have songs with you have. M- what two multi-part songs right uh there's the the uh, the three-part um king of carrot flowers that opens up the album um and then the um and then the two-headed boy and the uh and and it's return at the at the end of the album right and so that there's a lot and, and then there are a number of songs right like the um instrumental the uh penultimate track uh the the untitled penultimate track it, it kind of bleeds right from the outro of ghost right and there's a number of these other things like if you just go and just click start on every song uh, you know on the track you you kind of hear the seams and it's the only way that you really hear the seams when listening um when you when you when listening right so the way in which this is this blur in which in which you know songs blur into one another and kind of genres and moods uh, blur into one another is I think another element that um, separates this um, from some of the pure folkier folkier tendencies and some from the pop from some of the popular tendencies right of Elliot Smith where each of these as much as it was kind of playing in some of those the the you know Beach Boys Beatles kind of studio uh, compositions you know was really making these you know indie pop songs right and this is this feels like it has this much more sprawling and kind of and and uh, yeah much more kind of sprawling um and and freer freer form um uh, vibe to it yeah it's like every time uh every time they got to the end of one track and the beginning of another they asked themselves should we leave the seam out 
And they answered, no, no, we should not leave this seam out. <laughs> right. That is, that, In fact, that is, we should do the opposite. And and they and and the opposite they did. Um, so so give this the spin. Uh, give this a few spins. Um, this it's is, a trim. Uh, it's like a trim thirty five minutes. It's actually a really satisfying. Uh, it's a, I, like I I don't know. The more we do this stuff, the more I like kind of I get like. Uh, a little my shoulders get a little heavy i slump over a little bit at the 75 minute albums and the like the 40 45 minute albums are like oh yeah it's almost like the the it's the right length it's a good it's a good attention span length you can kind of like you know there are like three there are three different kind of cognitive sessions in a 75 yeah. minute album right and like yeah. this and and a 35 minute record you can kind of fit into one cognitive session right wait till you get to the two two and a half hour long dave matthews live albums that i want to tackle in a few weeks <laughs> Yep, and 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 I've lost Matt. I've truly, <laughs> we we we, I, we found the line. <laughs> I love you, Jesus we've, Christ, <laughs> Jesus been, Christ. I love you. We've been asymptotically uh, approaching the end of our friendship for for many years, and we we finally reached it. <laughs> you broke me, we, right? We, you we, broke me. We crashed right into the line. <laughs> Um, so, so, uh, give a listen to airplane over the sea, uh, in the airplane over the sea. Um, if you haven't, or if you haven't recently, um, it's on all the streaming services. It was, and I love this fact from its Wikipedia page, the sixth best vinyl, best selling vinyl album in 2008, <laughs> um, which I guess it makes sense. That it was probably, there was a, a 10 year, uh, 10 anniversary, um, reissue, um, which means it will probably be, um, I don't know, maybe the, if it really, if it really kills it, it'll be the fourth best vinyl uh, album of 20, uh, 2018. So do your part. Um, uh, Neutral Milk Hotel 2018. Uh, make it. Uh, we can do this, guys. Buy Neutral Milk Hotel on vinyl. Um, stream it on the services. Get it on the waffles. And join us uh, back here to, to dive in after this word from our commercial sponsors. Has the rise of Trumpism and the alt-right got you a little worried? Oh, oh yeah. I don't sleep, and I just nervously check my phone, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Do you belong to any historically marginalized groups? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you go along with the bit? <laughs> sure, but I don't really want to appropriate somebody else's identity with my white cis male privilege. <laughs> white cis males? That's who's going to be first against the wall when the revolution comes. Well, if you have to hide from the jackbooted hordes of fascists or anti-fascists, may I suggest an attic? You you may. You <laughs> go, may go up to the attic and hide there. That's that's where they won't find you unless they do. Uh I'm 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 scared and confused. <laughs> Look, this ad is exactly as offensive as as in the airplane over the sea is. Well, in that case, I feel better in my scared confusion. <laughs> all right. Hide. They're coming for us all. Okay. I'm safe. Okay. And we're back. <laughs> Yeah, Matt, I have a confession to make, and you actually kind of made this confession uh, uh, in our back channel beforehand. But my, I have a confession to make, not a question. Oh no, but just a confession. Um, which is—is is your I confession like, a qualified yes? It is. Uh, my, my confession is that uh, is, is that I like this album quite a lot, and I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> it's about Anne Frank. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right, podcast over. Yeah, podcast. I mean, I mean, and so you're you're reacting to um, so before you started to read the secondary literature, did <laughs> Anne Frank come to mind? I mean, um, or there's a or song. Is this, sure, yeah. there's a song called Holland 1945, right. right? And like Anne Frank is to me the uh, um, uh, the. World War Two is my World War Two association with Holland or with Amsterdam, yeah, I suppose. Absolutely. Like, mm -hmm. and so that that's what sort of activated it. 
Totally. That's when that activated- is when she yeah she died in forty five. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that that like um, the uh, uh, that was the that was the thing that sort of activated it for me. Though there's not it's it's pretty um, it's pretty confused or not confused I should say it's pretty elusive and and not uh, not kind of straightforward. It doesn't like go at it a little bit and and there's also like there's also this kind of like ambivalence like is uh is jeff mangum uh and frank is he like identified with her is he like how does he have like a crush on her in some some sort of weird way or you know and like a, a little bit i i i think that it's good that it's a little less literal a little less literal because the the really the worst thing is like you know what my suffering and depression is like it's like being persecuted by the nazis right like that would be a bad that would be a bad thing to uh you know say like my childhood was like being persecuted by the nazis because i felt like i had to hide who i truly was a lot of the time <laughs> it, is, it is amazing to god win your own album right like <laughs> just like invoke out of his law of like uh, like this album's like hitler <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, but, and so at at the same time, right. So you, and, and, and I've always kind of, you know, also got that connection, but even found the larger kind of meaning of the album, much more kind of sort of like you say, much more fragmentary and much more kind of obscure. And so in reading some of these, it is amazing how like, there's a lot of just, well, well, this album is about, (laughs) about Anne Frank. Um, And, and it it feels reductive in the same way that, you know, that the Tallahassee is about an alcoholic couple um, and their deteriorating relationship. Right. (laughs) Um, Or, or, or any kind of single, line um geniusifications of uh of of these albums um and and it's hard because it's 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 there and because like you know be outside of ohio in 1945 there are absolutely images of kind of loss and of ghosts and uh, and of and of being kind of and and of feeling like this um great sense of 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 trauma um but i think there is it again it, it's hard to connect that to what everything else that's on the album i don't know what i mean um if 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 we're not taking that kind of simplistic entry point what entry point do we have if we if we are if we are um stating that we that we both like this album and are are offering that um that it is um a bit confounding to us yeah i mean i think it's a it's sort of a coming of age album i think like a, it's it's very concerned with uh, the the like the sort of all the sort of sex stuff strikes me as not entirely mature, you know, like is it sort of an adolescent view of uh, kind of like giddy and, and sort of um, leering, you know, uh, as in communist daughter where it's like a sweet communist, the communist daughter standing or, and it's not the communists daughter. It's not the daughter of a communist. It's the communist daughter as opposed to a capitalist daughter. Like it's the communist daughter. And what, I mean, what does that, what does that mean? Does that mean like, you know, from, from, uh, uh, from, from each according to her ability to each according to his sexual need? Like, I, I I don't know. Um, but the next line is semen stains the mountaintop. So that's a, uh, uh, I think at least my, um, I think at least my uh uh reading is not completely completely off the wall. But it's like some something about that like um you know it, is the communist daughter the woman on the cover of the song um uh, the cover of the album like is is 
I don't know. There's there's more questions, but I think the sort of the view of it is is more uh, more kind of a teenager's view or a kind of young person's view rather than like a, a steady, stable person in you know a, a, a reliable relationship. And a lot of the a lot of them are like that, right? Like King of Carrot, uh, King of Carrot Flowers has all this sort of mom and dad stuff about growing up and like the mm-hmm. the fighting between the mother and the father. Uh, I think it's part two where he says, I'm in a garbage pan, garbage can inside my mother or something like that. Oh, book bin, uh, inside my mother in a garbage bin until I find myself again. Um, that like, you know, so there, there is this sense of, there is this sense of, of kind of immaturity and of, um, I don't know, maybe of the things that hold you back or, you know, keep you from, from coming of age, like difficult, difficult family background or, or, you know, interpersonal struggles, you know, can't, it's hard to get semen out of those mountaintops or, you know, I don't know, being killed by the Nazis. Like that's, that's also a way never to grow up. I, I suppose. Um, and, yeah. And, and I think that in in that way, it's also kind of about like the great, you know, arrested adolescence of the of the 20th century. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and that and and I see this in kind of all of the imagery that's here. Right. When you, you have this that I see in, in the juxtaposition um, triangulating between the album cover. Right. Which is which feels kind of more late. 19th century, right? It feels somewhat kind of Victorian or maybe early 20th. And you, you have this steamboat, um, and, uh, and this kind of holiday beach scene. Um, and then the idea of there's a, a, I think in the juxtaposition of the, that image and the, the album title, there's a sense of, of progress, right? And you have a sense of progress, even in kind of, uh, invoking communism, right? And kind of one of these, these kind of modern, political economic kind of ideas um and and you know in invoking um you know holland 1945 world war ii and totalitarianism right you have these kinds of the these the, you know the these kind of cr- the this the crushing weight of uh modernity right um and 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 i think that right and and so the, and and there you have this connection to the faceless woman on the album cover and and these senses of loss um and 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 omission that are there kind of throughout the album yeah um there is something about this time right like i want i'm you know i don't know that the the star report was very concerned with semen and actually in a way that was not particularly mature or you know well well uh i don't know like well integrated or or like psychologically healthy frankly but like the um there is a sense that yeah there there is a sense that the the problems that the problems that people were concerned with in 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 the Clinton years and kind of the pre nine eleven years right are um are kind of a, a problems of an arrested adolescence, right? The 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 uh, the great sort of economic expansion that uh, began after the Second World War and continued until nine eleven, I guess. Um, or that you know that that's kind of one way to narrativize the the last third, I guess, or last last forty percent of the 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 20th century. Um, yeah, that, that like, and then a lot of the, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's, you can only worry about being for real or not. If you, uh, if you have enough food, you know, um, the, the, I, I, the identity stuff doesn't, uh, the, the identity stuff is kind of a luxury good. Um, and the, the, I mean, that is to say a lot of belly aching about, um, a lot of belly aching about who I am presupposes, uh, uh, presupposes like that I am alive and like, you know, thriving on some level. Um, hmm. well, and, and then that way, then this is like Gen X survivors. Go yeah, bit, right? there, there you go. Yeah. That they, you know, 
that they well now they're all now they're all sad because you know they never did anything and uh, the millennials have sort of usurped their sense of of legitimate generational grievance but uh you know yeah at this at this point when they were all in their in their 20s um they're you know they there they were in the in the aeroplane over the sea yeah, it is. It is interesting, right? And it's it's you know it, even feeling this kind of bridge between um, 1998 and and 2002 makes me think actually of um, the a, a a recent 2002 period piece, right? Lady Bird, uh, which uh, which I'm sure will be talked about a number of uh, additional times uh, in the run up to the the Oscars. But very early in in Lady Bird, um, la- la- the, the main character says something about to to the effect of right, like the the movie opens on her and her mother um, listening to the book on tape of Grapes of, of Wrath, right, and sort of says, "I want my generation to have something," right? I mean, to, to, there's something i forget the exact line but there's an expressing of like i have no great moment of my generation and this is in months after 9 11 right and, and this there's a sense of you know that there's this there's both a a a lack of perspective and yet a desire for that perspective at the same time yeah right um and and uh and and so Right. Uh, and, and so well, yeah. The, the, I mean, the, the interesting thing is you don't really get to choose the defining right. moment of your uh, of your generation, right? Like right. it's you know we're not that much older than Lady Bird, and so uh, like uh, so that I mean that was the sort of and and as she was coming out of high school, I guess I was coming out of college anyway, and that like right. Uh, you know, it's not in generational terms, it's not that, that far removed. And like, it's the sort of defining moment of my, uh, of my adult life, or I feel like is definitely the thing that kind of set the stage for, um, you know, for some dynamics that are still, I mean, that will continue to be played out for decades probably. And like, yeah, I mean, I wish it was, I wish it had been, you know, the summer of love or something like that, though, you know, was it the summer of love or the Vietnam war, right? Like for, for that generation, like you don't, you don't, it's, you know, you don't, you don't sort of get to choose. And there's this sense in which there's this sense in which you sort of wish you could opt, opt into, (laughs) you know, the generational moment or the kind of the, the generational identity that you want, but it, it gets kind of chosen for you. Yeah, we didn't start the fire, but we wish we had started the fire, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Um, and there is, yeah, and it's, I mean, I, I think kind of connecting specifically to the summer of love is is interesting because it, it's again, you know, thinking about the, there is a relationship um, between some of the, all, uh, these all of these albums, right? Thinking about again both the folk and the psychedelia of in the, it's interesting that the late '90s are um, mining elements of the '60s again and kind of yearning for a '60s um, and right and this is a time right that there were uh, we're we're about a year out from a the the kind of second '90s Woodstock right and so right, in our '94 episode we talked about um, the the 94 Woodstock that Green Day played at memorably, um, which was uh, the 25th anniversary, I believe, of the original Woodstock. And then there's a, a 30th anniversary concert um, in, in 99, um, which was which, which was the last one. And we'll kind of talk about, I think, when we get to oh, the... Oh, God, are they, are, they not, are they not going to do another one to next year? Um. I don't know. I yeah, think that right? like maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. It is true. I mean, there are. It, it is interesting, right? That um, God, it would be they, like it would be like super Coachella. <laughs> it would be yeah. It would be it would be um, Coachella to the max. Um, yeah, it is. It is interesting how the. I, I feel like the Woodstock revivals um, really kind of set up like a lot of festival culture that we have now um, for, for good or for bad. Um, And, and yeah, so I think that there is this, 
the this desire for the the sixties um, is really interesting, in part because there's a sense of I mean, what is there. I, I'm, I'm trying to understand what exactly it means, right? Um, but there there is a sense of especially as you are in the late nineties, there is a sense like in the early nineties, there's a sense of all of this kind of. Well, right. Rebellion gets captured and mainstreamed, right? And kind of pieces of that are kind of punk become grunge. And so then as a result, how do you rebel? Right. And, and, and what is the alternative to the alternative? Um, when, when you say kind of the economy is doing really well, um, we're kind of appear to be at an end of history of some kind. Right. Uh, and as we, as, as you, as you kind of sail, um, into, um, into the 21st century. And so the, there is this so much kind of regret and guilt and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and ambivalence, right, about that on, on this album. But I think that, the, and that's only kind of part of it, because the, like we're, what we've been kind of focusing on is trying to understand this album. But there's the other half is the other half of my confession, um, which is the less controversial part, which is that this, I, I really like this album. Yeah. Uh, and that, that I really like this album without understanding it. And it's kind of, the enjoyment is much more kind of visceral, right? Well, yeah, I mean, just... Why can't you just enjoy an album? Why, why, why do you have to overthink everything? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's probably like in the, the, the sonic part, right? Like, because the kind of the, the production is really cool. The guitar sounds are, are really great. You know, there's a sense of, you know, there's, there's a kind of sense of like, fullness and richness even even the distortion is kind of like a, a pleasing warmth right yeah. rather than a cool kind of screeching alienating thing it's it's a little bit it's the little bit it's the it's the distortion of being wrapped in a in a tight hug and and you know hearing hearing the sounds come to you in the in the 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 tight embrace of the the hug and that like uh you know there there is this sort of kind of humane and um accommodating uh uh, sense to it. I mean, this is right, you know, this is right up my alley, right? Like, uh, it's, um, you know, kind of folky enough that, that I feel, uh, I, that I like it. And, uh, it's edgy enough that I feel like, uh, I, I won't be ridiculed, uh, <laughs> by, by you or others if I confess to liking it. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I think that the other thing about it is like, there are just some, there are moments where it feels very straightforward and then there's like a um someone starts playing the saw right um or a a there's like a bagpipe or a hurdy-gurdy or or something of the that ilk right the the instrumentation and um arranging is very interesting and comes in in a lot of different ways and kind of gives it um that kind of depth and variety and then there's just like so many moments Moments that are are these small moments of of hookiness and just um, very just very pleasing chord progressions yeah. and kind of uh, moments, right? I mean, it's it's from the beginning, right? That that the strummed guitar figure that opens the album on King of Carrot Flowers, um, and and just the way that it comes in is just it's it's a very interesting of these kinds of you know introductory sonic moments because it's like um i i think that and and it is an interesting thing because i i think it is and has always been you hear this and you say yeah that's indie rock <laughs> right uh, because and i think it was the case at the time right and this is the time of that kind of incipient big indie um and there are there are stories um uh, that you know, from I think that are in various pitchfork reviews or retrospectives that you know from the moment that this was released, you went you know, if you uh, in the shows that happened immediately after, everyone already knew all of the words, right? And this was just like the moment that um, 
that you know from that moment if you were in into indie music this one um showed up at your record store and you bought it immediately um and and i think though what's interesting right and what leads to it becoming you know the sixth best-selling vinyl record of of uh 2008 is that it's one that keeps it, it's as you regardless of what your entry point is as you start start um exploring um indie music uh and especially i think at the time when i started doing so you get there pretty quickly right it's it's kind of the kevin bacon of indie rock (laughs) (laughs) um and so there's six degrees of neutral milk hotel um uh or or fewer um and so that you that you get there very quickly, and then when you once you get the album and press play, you're like, yeah, I get it, right? Um, and and in part because of like the strong influence on, especially like on the Decemberists, right? So that this is was, and I I I do wonder if my route was. Oh yeah, it's it's a, it's exactly right, right? Like yeah. Jeff Jeff Bankum eats and Colin Malloy takes the shit, right? That's uh that's <laughs> how that relationship works in, in that indie rock human centipede like. yeah exactly 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 that's what that is yeah and i mean and the other place where it shows up is if it's not there that put it on my radar it's um well it's it, there's a very prominent sample of Holland 1945 um, on one of the central tracks on the the first big Girl Talk album. It wasn't Girl Talk's first album, but the one that really kind of crossed over. Uh, Night Ripper has this sample right in the middle where he samples the one, two, one, two, three, four, uh, right in the middle. And it's and and so I forget if that you know it's another that's another route right and and that was you know especially the era of Girl Talk where it was a lot of indie samples with a lot of like the hip hop of the time um, and you know snippets of pop but it was I, I'd say pop was a little lower in the ratio so it was one of these things where it was everyone was ta- there was a lot, lot of buzz around the indie uh, the indie water cooler <laughs> about the old neutral milk hotel yeah um, and a lot of a lot of really excited underlining in the zines yeah, and and but there's a lot of other ways that you get there, and I mean this is another way of talking about the influence. But that you know, if and especially um, in the early 2000s, if you if you you know get into Arcade Fire and want and want to go deeper, you, you end up um, at Neutral Milk, Milk Hotel pretty quickly, right? Um, and uh, and it goes on and on, right? Um, and so that it is there, and again, but it just it. The, the, at, from the start of of King of Cara Flower, it, it it delivers right. Sometimes you listen to an album that's recommended, and you're like, I, I don't know why this was connected to this, and and it just it's right there between the the kind of it, it's it's and it's in the interplay of the guitar and the vocal because the vocal has that. It's well sung, but also not, <laughs> right? It's, it's yeah. There, I mean, there is that. There is that kind of splatty sound to it of like the king of carrot flowers. You know that is, yeah, but it's yeah, it, yeah. you know if you listen to it on headphones, it's pretty carefully engineered. Like that, even that that first thing. There's like a chorus effect, or it's double tracked, or something. It's different in on either side of the stereo image. Like so, a lot of like, you know, a lot of sound sculpting went into making that. That uh, you know that intro vocal, the first thing you hear, though it is kind of it does have that kind of like braying nasal quality that that uh, you know will sort of go into big indie and and also into emo and yeah. into like it it has yeah. that, but it's it is not uh, it's not a lack of you know it's not a lack of uh it's not a lack of ability almost to a one like contemporary reviews talked about the singing as ha- as sort of lacking affect like <laughs> And, which was which should be the red flag that is like hey i'm this might be super affected <laughs> yeah well yeah right it might be super affected right but like lacking you know emotional right. tone right 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 that right. like uh mm. and i i I, that's that's interesting to me because I feel like what it's it's actually something that I'd wanted to bring up with you to talk about like what what are we looking for in terms of like 
in terms of the emotional tone in in these performances, right? Like what the, the, when, when does the emotion happen? Like, and what is the responsibility of the artist for kind of conveying, conveying something like that? I had, I had a talk, um, once with a friend of mine who writes songs. Uh, oh, my friend Rhea, she's we've interviewed mm-hmm. her on the the podcast, and she's sort of a jazz singer, right? And so right. she she works in this kind of mannered uh, medium, and like the the emotion is kind of went into the songwriting, you know, mm-hmm. or it's more the nostalgia of the people who do it. And you're not expected to kind of like, you know, be, summon tears up when you're, when you're singing, even the, a lot of the, the standards are, are, are not exactly miserable, but are pretty, pretty rough. You know, a lot of them like are about lost love and, and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, if you could imagine like Eddie Vedder singing those jazz standards, actually I would pay good money for the 180 gram vinyl special edition of like Eddie Vedder singing, whatever Linda Ronstadt sang on, on round midnight, um, that there's this sense that like it should, it should move you like that the the what should be represented is is like a person having an experience like uh you know in the midst of of real emotion and that's that's i think an an expectation also that's different in um the live performance of sort of rock and roll acts especially grunge or you know especially sort of the the rock and roll that kind of uh the kind of the highly demonstrative uh, rock and roll of the of the '90s, right? And like the idea that that no, this is more about virtuosity. Even if the virtuosity is a dis, is a you know display of of a kind of purported lack of virtuosity, like that's a, that's a different thing, you know. I don't know. Did, does that does that spark anything for you? Well, I mean, it does in that it's. I'm trying to think about what what how how to think about this as as lacking affect because. You know, it's not like this is, um, I don't know, like crash test dummies, right? Or it's not even like the best example, but like I'm trying to think who else does like a very like like monotone speak sing, right? This is not cake, right? Um, yeah. and, and, and in fact, I guess because I'm, um, you know, uh, more more than dabbled in emo that I actually – the the associate the a kind of braying with this kind of with with the conveying of emotion right like i mean what is there in um i love you jesus christ (laughs) um jesus christ i love you yes i do uh if not some kind of um uh emotion right like it's odd to to read that there's like a critical consensus around this because it's not really how i tend to hear the album um and 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 again maybe it's that i i tend to associate i have a, a um a library of norms that associates unconventional singing that is not conventionally good or pretty as being <laughs> filled with emotion <laughs> um right. right because because it's like you know th- this was too real to um <laughs> this is this was too real to to autotune right or not even if an autotune really rehearsed but i think what is also interesting again is the way in which there is like you know that this is constructed right so there is it is affected affect right like yeah. sort of what i was getting at right um and so there is and and i i i i again yeah i don't know so it's it's an interesting it's interesting to 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 try to th- i guess some of that it's interesting to think about how the interpretation of emotion is contextual, right? Is 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 based on what is a display of emotion at the time right. of of listening, um, and so like listening at the both the times. Um, I don't know, and 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 it's interesting. I've even set that up though. Is I think this is often kind of viewed to be a a deeply kind of emotional and emotionally re- resonant album, um, and and but maybe that's. Um, 
in spite of the singing rather than because of it? I don't know. What is what is your take or how do you process it? I think you're right to say that like it's, you know, like realism, it's a style that's called realism, right? It's not right. you know, it's not it's not real, right? And that that like uh that there are there can be sort of more and less naturally repre- represented things like that you know, in a lot of prog R&B there are sort of just talking sometimes like included in, included in it um <laughs> there's this song on on a later uh simon and garfunkel album might be uh, i forget which one uh it's called voices of old people <laughs> and it's art garfunkel took like uh to I, I shouldn't laugh he took a tape recorder around to retirement homes and like just recorded recorded people and i guess there is a sort of more like d- there is like a continuum of kind of documentary nature but when you're talking about something like this these are you know that uh, uh these are products and they're they are kind of constructed and like the the um, the constructed the constructedness happens in the context of an interpretive community uh, that has a set of conventions about what constitutes a um, what constitutes, as you say, emotion or what constitutes anything, you know what I mean? What constitutes a song, right? What constitutes a, uh, you know, an adequate album, right? And that's like, um, and, and that's all fine. It's, you know, you can't, can't do it without that, but like with, with, um, like there's no, like, there's no sort of abstract, uh, interpretive community because there's no sort of abstract life. But uh, I, I think the important thing for analysis is not to sort of not to uh, mistake your current conventions or your preferred conventions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For like w- what is intrinsically good is not to sort of create a right. uh, you know not to create a sort of false god kind of thing about you know uh, uh, setting up your own your own taste or the the kind of the majority taste um, of your time and yeah it is it is sort of interesting because it sounds so it sounds so different later. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, I think you had mentioned in pre-show that there were some lyrics that struck you or you found kind of compelling or interesting. I mean, are there any that kind of stick stick in mind that that it's worth kind of di- diving into a little deeper? Well, I think that that like there's a word. There's a sort of word that comes up again that's like flesh. You know, hmm. the word hmm. and that that like. Um, I don't know what I'm thinking of is O'Cumley, I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yep. You yep. know, where the, you know, the father is, your father made fetuses with flesh licking ladies while you and your mother were asleep in the t- trailer park. Uh, make all your fat fleshy fingers to moving and pluck all your silly strings and bend your notes for me. Soft, silly music is uh, meaningful, magical. I mean, there's, there, right, there's this sense almost in like, in the alliteration, like alliteration mm. does a couple of things. It establishes a rhythm. It sort of emphasizes there's a kind of slight alienation because it emphasizes constructedness. Mm. Uh, it reminds you that someone like took some took some time, it took some time to tie these, you know, words together uh, to make all the to make all the sounds kind of resound together. Um, but but here there's almost a physical component to mm-hmm. it where in kind of in the, you know, and, and I'm imagining like the, the, like the theoretical tool that I'm using or the kind of like the rubric I'm using is like imagine as the words are, as you're hearing the words, you're imagining saying the words yourself. And so, you know, your father made fetuses with flesh licking ladies forces your teeth and your tongue into, mm. into contact with your lips, uh, mm. for the, mm. the, you know, the, the fricatives or the L, whatever L is liquid continuant, something like that. Um, right. And that like, there's a sense or even like fat fleshy fingers to moving pluck all your silly strings, meaningful, magical. There's something, there's something in that, that like in, the that kind of enacts a kind of fleshiness um mm-hmm. uh to it as you as you listen to it and uh 
as you listen to it and 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 hear it powerful pistons sugary sweet machines um that all that you know that all this stuff anyway like i think that's i think that's interesting i mean i think like oh comely as a title is like is the sort of thing that if the decemberists did it like the the i think you there aren't enough eye roll emojis in the world for what (laughs) (laughs) for what i would uh for what i would think of this but like um i don't know it sort of works here maybe it's before maybe it's before that got uh, maybe it's before that got, um, done. Uh, then there's also this sort of sense, like going with the other theme. So that's the kind of the, the, the fleshiness and the, I don't know, something like about the pushing together of, of two kinds of flesh, flesh licking ladies, right? Mm -hmm. Like in licking ladies, your tongue has to move in order to say that. And it's almost like you become the flesh licker of yourself a little bit in, in doing that. And there's the, you know, there's this sense of like longed for communion that you're still sort of ambivalent about because like, you know, bad dad is, uh, is, you know, off cheating on mom with the flesh licking ladies, you know, presumably prostitutes or, or, you know, loose women of ill repute. Uh, right. 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 That that like, um, that's the one, but the other, the other one is like this sort of enjoyment, uh, the enjoyment of the fleshiness, right? Like one day we will die. This is from in the air, this from the title track in the airplane yeah. over the sea. One day we'll die and our ashes will fly from the airplane over the sea. But now we are young. Let us lay in the sun and count every beautiful thing we can see. Um, uh, love to be in the arms of all I'm keeping here with me, me. And like I sort of described this album before as like a warm, tight hug or the sound, you know, some, something about the sound of it, the sound of the distortion and like the idea of like gathering in your arms or sort of laying in the sun. Like when we die our ashes from the fire, the very, very hot fire, uh, will will fall from the airplane over the sea will be scattered but like now we're young the warmth is moderate right like the warmth is pleasing we're going to lay in the sun and there's the sense that the sun is a source of heat like these bodies that are in the sun um are going to burn up eventually which like you know and and i guess frank and frank is invoked in the in the following verse um so the idea of like bodies burning up is is not an uncomplicated uh not an uncomplicated one it's not actually warmth uh it's not actually just the kind of decay or decrepitude of like a natural aging process but like also the the you know particular uh horrors and atrocities of war you know and of of the holocaust in particular um you know, but that, but that, that now we're sort of young and this is, this is about the kind of non, non mature, you know, um, you know, what, what he's saying essentially is, uh, uh, tonight they are young, uh, and though they will <laughs> one day set the world on fire <laughs> right now, <laughs> they can lay in the, uh, uh, on Oh man, it's it's you just you just Antonoff this podcast, man. <laughs> uh, it's is uh, there are there are, are are not enough degrees to separate uh, uh, Jeff Mangum from uh, from Jack Antonoff. I mean, it's interesting. The the other kind of connecting these aspects of fleshiness um, that you've you've identified, right? It's it, it, later on in this song, um, in the fourth verse. Now, how I remember you, how I would push my fingers through your mouth to make those muscles move that made your voice so smooth and sweet, um, and. And, and I think that that's I mean, it's it's interesting how there is I, I, this idea that you have about like the making of sounds with your mouth um, and, and 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 this kind of physical physicalization of music and its kind of connection with the physicalization of kind of youth and romance and sex is there because it's also there um, right that I. That, uh, and, and that was also in Ocumley as well. But you also have earlier on, right, talking about voices rolling and ringing, um, soft and sweet, how the no- notes all bend and reach above the trees. Right. So there is something about 
kind of the physical act of music making and love making, <laughs> right, as being tied, um, and and really thinking about that kind of um, these these how how these are things both things that bodies do, <laughs> right, um, and 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 it's it's just interesting to see the ways that they're both ju- juxtaposed lyrically and then kind of enacted musically, right, both through the singing and through the words themselves and then, and then through the instruments and kind of the feeling a kind of a a lot of these instruments are very physical. Like you think about the saw, right? At first I kind of thought it was, um, a theremin, um, right. And, and actually the theremin and the saw, it's an artisanal, it's an artisanal theremin. (laughs) <laughs> right. But it's interesting, right? That that a saw and a theremin are although they sound different, right? A, a theremin, you know, is is you um it, it produces the delicate sound by by approaching it asymptotically, right? That you you move towards the pole um without touching. Uh whereas um and, and kind of delicately and and along this this kind of plane and and in playing the saw you um you play on the edge of a a um thin and dangerous plane right and so they're very like like you know you you can't cut yourself with a theremin right um and uh uh or or chop down a tree with it um and yet there is something there there is something kind of right that it is the, the theremin is kind of playing the air saw, the ele- the electronic air saw, <laughs> a little bit, um, and so that there is that. Um, I guess I like that it is a saw because that is the physical. You are physically striking it right, and there's a both a a brutality and a delicacy um, in in the image of playing the the saw, and it's it's there. I mean, so I I've, I actually yeah. There's saw, this sense of kind of like beating your swords into plowshares a little bit, right? Like turning the tools of war into into tools of beauty and music, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's yeah. there's also this sense there's this sense in this album of things that are kind of severed, you know, mm-hmm. and things that are that are sort of pushed together, you know, well, and that yeah. like that even the like the stuff all the stuff about like all the mom stuff or like in a garbage bin inside my mother and the like the birth stuff like birth stuff but sex stuff you know uh, the World War Two death stuff the like the I mean, rape. The yeah. two-headed boy. Let's, right. let, let us not forget the two-headed boy. <laughs> you know that, like, uh, yeah, and that the, um, yeah, and that that like the the sense. Yeah, body. By the way, is another word that that kind of do, that does this. The kind of the physical reality of living. Like right at the beginning, where mom is sticking a fork, is like attacking dad with a fork, right? Like, yeah. but at the same time, we would lay and learn what each other's bodies were for. There's this sort yeah, of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. while you you know, while the while the 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 forking and the fucking are uh, you know not that not that that far separated let us not forget the two-headed boy i don't know do you have anything in particular uh to say about either of him well i i mean it is i mean it's i guess it's another sense of the of the bodyness, right um and of of kind of also he's the the two-headed boy fl- all floating in in glass um and and this idea of being inside a jar is it, it kind of connects to exactly what you're saying about even kind of these kind of the body and the mother um and and this sense of i mean of of a i don't know there's there's both a physicality and a well i, I guess it's the inverse of a kind of severedness or not inverse but it's it's kind of connected to a kind of severedness um in that there's a splitting you know is this kind of it, it, there's a, there's a sense of perspective of a boy with two heads or two boys with one body right um and and the sense of kind of whole and part um is is in a lot of what we're talking about in the body and the formation of the body and the self and again kind of connects to a lot of um what we were talking about earlier with the sound of the album of of one so- one song becoming the another right um and 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 it, it's kind of question of what is a self right and and what is a what is, and 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 so yeah i don't know and there and this is another one 
like King of Carrot Flowers that also, right, that there's, I feel like there's songs on this album that start with kind of pretty simple acoustic guitar and voice, and there's the ones that start with the wall of noise, right? And so that they, and 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 so this is one um, like um, King of Carrot Flowers that that starts with guitar and voice, right? And so you notice, right? This is a another kind of like important moment in the album because it's there's a this kind of everything else drops out again for the moment um and and so that that you you under i think you're given to understand that the two-headed boy is important <laughs> and, and you should pay attention to the two-headed boy yeah he's uh well he's a child he needs our love and, and support so that he can grow into a two-headed man a two-headed man a two-headed man gum uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um well and this is another one right again where this connection of body and music and and movement um is there right in the second verse two-headed boy put on sunday shoes and dance around dance around the room to uh accordion keys with the needle that sings in your heart catching signals that sound in the dark right and then and later on in the song there's kind of these like like a steampunk radio right um and this idea i mean the right the the uh the radio um with made with pulleys and weights right there there, there is so there's a there is a lot of kind of what artisanal humanity yeah. right um and and it is it's interesting right that that this is you know that there's a way. It's, it's it's striking that in kind of talking all of this out of it really is very forward looking and it's backward lookingness, uh. right? Right. He's the he is uh, uh, the the great prophet of the artisanal indu- the, the the pre-industrial revolution, right? That was to come in kind of indie circles, right? The, you know, it's the it's um, Portlandia started in Athens, Georgia, uh, and 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 so that there is, and again, that's so there in the aesthetic of this album, both visually, lyrically, and and musically, right? That kind of comes together and and is you know. This is the album that la- launched a thousand handlebar mustaches, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's that is totally not wrong. Though recorded, I think in Denver, right? Like he came out west to to do this particular to go yeah. to the studio for this particular thing. You're um, right. Yeah. In a they moved. I, I always associate the group as being very kind of Southern, um, in their origin, but you're right. I think that the recording in this, this segment of the, um, uh, project was in Denver. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, right. I, but the, uh, the other, like, and, and then after this record, when the kind of, after touring behind this record for a long minute, like when the, the cost of fame became too much for, uh, Jeff Mangum to bear, um, like one of the ways in which his dissatisfaction is kind of retreat from the music business was expressed was a uh, refusal to tour in support of REM as the support act for uh, other Athens, Georgia, you know, band REM. Like, and you know, when you've turned your back on Athens, you've, you've turned your back on, on the music industry in general, I guess. Everybody hurts, but I hurt the most, yeah. <laughs> right? That's right. Um, yeah, and it is. It, I mean, and I think part of the status of this album has only been um, amplified in that it's you know almost certainly the last Neutral Milk Hotel album, right? And 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 he re- retreated from kind of making music and from the public eye for um, for quite a while, while then um, Big Indie happened, right? And everyone kept discovering the album. And uh, he, he re-emerged in the kind of um, group of musicians who played on the album and kind of around the album uh, re-emerged uh, over the last couple of years. Um, and, and they played some shows. I actually uh, saw them at, at one of the Boston Calling um, music festivals um, a few years ago. I guess that was probably... 2014 maybe fall of 2014 um and it was it's good it was it was it was a uh, a lot of people were really ready to see this album live um and it is it does it changes um just in the same way that we were kind of talking about 
you know, what um, No Children and some of the other kind of mountain goat sing-alongs have have become. Um, a lot of these um, also, right, it's, it's definitely the largest collection of people collectively singing I Love You, Jesus Christ, outside of a Christian music festival. <laughs> right? Outside of a mega church, yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's very interesting. Right. Um, and so there is, and, and it's a, and it's a, a, a giant you know, group of people, um, playing in this band and all, all of the instruments are there. Right. It, it's like, it's like, it's like a Noah's Ark for musical instruments, right? It's like you know, bringing bringing all of the obscure uh, the, the obscure um, f- uh, musical instruments two by two to save them from the great flood. Yeah, right. And but and it's great. It's it, it was quite a spectacle, and all the songs um, sounded uh, sounded really really great, um, and and had that physicality, right? That that kind of this this sense of kind of breath and body. Um, that we that we talked about, and then I think they toured this for a little while um, longer, and then said, and then I think he said, "Yep, no, we're done." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I double checked, and uh, and and I was right, uh, and so and so that that's it, and it's this thing that is. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a fascinating kind of note where it's you know these it's uh, these two albums um, and especially this one that then um, came to really be this touchstone um, over the you know over over what would be, start happening um, in indie and pop music over the 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 following decades, right? So I, I think it was it was a a uh, uh, for that reason a vital album to cover, right? It's only a matter of time till someone else um, remixes. The, a song from this or or is cited as sounding like it right um i mean it'll be interesting right um it, whether any bands ever, will ever get uh described as sounding like the decemberists or the decemberists will just get written out and, and and the roads just go back to neutral milk hotel and i think they will um again and again and certainly we now will uh now that we have this um in our our library of norms um and references so we will um, continue on. So wipe the, the wipe the semen off the mountaintops. From the window to the mountain, <laughs> um, and and uh, and and yes, we'll, so we will climb down. We will stay in uh, in the late '90s for a little while longer. There is a lot. There is just a lot in 1998 and 1999. Um, and so you you, know, you might have thought that um, you know, and we did dip into 2000s, but we actually never will reach 2002. Just as we we are asymptotically re- approaching many things yep. on this album, uh, the year 2000. Uh, is is one of them because um like so it's really it's 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 actually a little known fact that this uh this podcast is actually not y2k compliant so when when we reach the year 2000 uh it will it'll just it'll it'll just turn over uh and and everything will melt down we'll actually we'll actually uh start with some great the the big the the indie bangers of 1900 Um, it'll be we'll just review some sheet music right like well We'll get like folios, sheet music folios of like I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy or something like that, and like get you know uh, get some nice Irving Berlin uh, or uh, or you know Cole Porter songs or something. That God, that's well, even later. I don't even know what the indie bangers of of 1900 are. Well, we'll, we'll find out because and, and I think that this is great. Um, you know, Neutral Milk Hotel was great music for our artisanal steampunk time loop. Uh, right? He talks about time machines. And and we're going to get one when we when we fail to make it into uh, into the millennium um, and uh, and and just go back uh, and 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 have our own TFT Y two K bug. But we're going to delay that for as long as possible um, by spending some time uh, in uh, 1998, 1999. So a few more of these 20th anniversary albums than a few other. Again, there is just a lot. 1999. Nine fires on a lot of cylinders, and not all of them are good cylinders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so, but we are here. Um, whether whether these albums are good or they are terrible or they are regrettable or they are confounding, um, we are going to listen to them, discuss them, and keep it real.